Hello and welcome. I'm Chelsea, certified mermaid, diver, and science communicator. And I'm Blake, scuba dive master, freediving instructor, and also a science communicator. We've created the Save the Mermaids podcast to connect ocean lovers from across the seven seas who have a desire to protect our waters and learn to live in sync with nature. Save the mermaids, save the seas. Let's dive in. And now for our happy ocean news of the week. So I have something that's a little chilly, which goes great with today's episode. (laughs) So this is coming straight from one of the best ice creams in the world. Ben and Jerry's is cutting the carbon footprint of your ice cream. My gosh, I love that because I love Ben and Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) So you can feel even better about eating your pint of Ben and Jerry's. Um, More than half of the company's carbon footprint comes from producing dairy ingredients, and they're hoping to change that. So you might have noticed that they're starting to have a lot of vegan options using a lot of, um, they have oat milk, they have almond milk, all these goodies. So yeah, they're kind of transitioning away from uh, their larger carbon footprint. Good for them. Good job, uh, Jerry's. It didn't give any like specified dates or anything. I got this from, um, I believe it's called Only, yeah, Only One. Oh, um, I love Only One. Yeah, the Environmental Conservation Organization. But yeah, they just sh- throw up cute little happy, positive news things because we know that that's important when we see all the things about like plastic and human blood and all that good stuff. But yeah, feel good about your Ben and Jerry's because they're trying to do the hard work for you. Oh, good for your soul and the environment. <laughs> right, which is all you really need. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite Ben and Jerry's? Uh, honestly, the only difficult thing for me is they don't have a lot of gluten-free options, like all their uh, big, really fun ones. So I'm I'm a mint chip girl and I'll eat anything with the mint chip, but people like to put cookies in it. So it has been a challenge. So if anybody who works at Ben and Jerry's is listening, um, Blake is allergic to everything. So I would appreciate if you guys made some gluten-free, like if I can ever find a gluten-free cookie dough or gluten-free, um, like cookies and cream, oh my God, I lose my mind. So if they started to make something like purely gluten-free and dairy-free, cause both those things mess me up. I think I would cry. Best day ever. Right? Usually I just stick with like a chocolatey something. What's yours? Mm. So my all-time favorite is like a retired flavor now, which oh, no. all the things I love get retired. <laughs> but it was, um, it was a mix. Um, it was called Neapolitan Dynamite. And oh. it was half Cherry Garcia and half like a chocolate fudge. Oh, oh I do like the Cherry Garcia. Yeah. So now my new favorite is Cherry Garcia. Cause that's the okay. one that's still Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, I'm really excited about today's episode because you're taking the lead telling us all about a marine mammal that we don't necessarily expect to be considered a marine mammal. Yeah. Yeah. So actually this came about because we wanted to do just like one of our, we each pick an animal and research it and do it in the same episode. But these guys turned into such a spiral for me. Like we know so much about polar bear. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's crap. Four pages of notes right here. Wow. Yeah. There's a ton to know about polar bears. And like you said, they are a marine mammal, which is crazy. Yeah. Well, I'll post um, the video of the one flying in a little cage under the helicopter when he got transported out of Churchill for that little rescue yeah. for this week, if that works. 
I think that's going to work so well. And I actually have a part two um, where I want you to kind of chime in because I know you saw a little bit of this firsthand and the scientific things that I was reading kind of clashes with what you saw. So I'm kind of interested to see what you have to say about some things. Perfect. Um, but for now, let's just get into it. So their Latin name or their scientific name is Ursus Maritimus. And they are from the Arctic Circle, which includes the Arctic Ocean and surrounding seas and land masses. Um, I, okay, so I wanted to start this. I might cry, actually. Oh, oh my God. Okay, so I fell in love with polar bears when I was little. Growing up in Colorado um, in the 90s, we had, um, when I was eight, a pair of twin polar bears were born and abandoned by their mother. So the Denver Zoo became the first place ever to raise cubs in captivity without their mother. And they were named Klondike and Snow. And it was like, they were the sweethearts of Denver for like that whole year. We didn't have them very long, but we did have like, there were movies about them. There were news articles about them. Like everybody, I had a Klondike and Snow, like hot cocoa mug like <laughs> hearts of Denver and oh god I remember watching them like playing with each other and like drinking from their bottles and just watching them grow mm, I'm gonna cry I think they're both dead now which is <laughs> why I'm crying <laughs> <laughs> well it was a long time ago so oh, I mean okay. they're okay but yeah it's just one of those things I remember so deeply in my like childhood and I just fell in love with polar bears because Klondike and snow. Oh. So anyway, <laughs> back to polar bears. Um, they are the largest living bear and the largest living land carnivore. The males are called boars. They weigh up to um, anywhere between 800 to 1500 pounds. Holy and the, wow. The sows or females are 400 to 900 pounds. So literally like half the size of the males and they're all huge. I had no idea that the males were so big. Like that's, yes. a big, that's a big bear. Yeah. That's a chonker. <laughs> <laughs> um, they are the sister species to the brown bear, but evolved to live in a very niche ecological area. So they adapted to freezing marine environment. Um, seals make up most of their diet. It's called a hyper carnivore, meaning more than 70% of its diet is meat. So like, I don't know about your husband, but <laughs> my husband is very similar. <laughs> like, I feel like 70% doesn't sound like a whole lot, but that's a lot of meat. That's a lot of meat. They're a meatitarian. Meatitarian for sure. <laughs> um, most polar bears are born on land, but they spend their entire lives on the sea ice. Their oh. scientific name, what I said, Ursus Maritimus, literally means maritime bear. Okay. Because they're just little in ocean the water. bears yeah in the water on the water they're not on land they're on the ice sheets right okay um so yeah they're super dependent on the sea ice and uh like you said they are technically marine mammals um so a little bit into the sad part i guess because of massive habitat loss they are classified as vulnerable and i'm not gonna lie i've shed many tears looking at skinny polar bear pictures oh. like that's one of my least favorite things in the world I think is to see skinny polar bears Ugh. so yeah and that is just due that's habitat loss the the ice is melting and they have to retreat to land and their diet 
is not on land. Right. So um, they were hunted, hunted in large scales, um, but their population has rebounded a little bit thanks to quotas and regulations. Um, People are still killing polar bears? What? People are still killing polar bears? Well, so remember that I feel like it was a news. What were we talking about? The whales? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How Norway is getting rid of whaling, but it, it takes a while because they have like, they have a set amount of years that have quotas that people are allowed to meet. Right. Um, so in getting, in abolishing these, the hunting of a lot of things, they can't just stop it for some dumb reason. I really don't know why, but the quotas have like a year, like three years or seven years or however long where that is still in place. So it takes a little bit of tearing off to get it to the point where it's not okay anymore. Right. So, so yeah, they were hunted a lot and they're rebounding a little. So that's good news, but habitat loss is bad news. So it's real up and down over here. (laughs) Uh, The circumpolar people have long regarded the animals um, for materials, spiritual, cultural. um, They're very important culturally. So again, like the whales, you've got this group of people who depend on these animals for things from their spirituality right up to their everyday items. Right. So um, the Inuit term for them is Nanook. And um, like I said, seals make up most of the polar bear diet. And I thought it was interesting that they actually get their fresh water from metabolizing the fats in a seal's blubber. Did you know that? Oh, I did not. Yeah. So they don't live near fresh water, of course. Um, they need, they need to get their fresh water somewhere. So they somehow metabolize the blubber and get what they need out of that. So they never drink essentially. They just eat in that fresh yeah. water. The animal is their only fresh water. Yeah. And because of that, polar bears need to follow seal populations. Right. Um, so, and then going into the seal part of things, they migrate as a response to annual ice appearing and disappearing. So that's when you get the kind of migration of the polar bear because they're following the seals, following the ice annual changes. Right. So in some areas, the ice goes away completely, forcing the bears to go on land, which is why you see them on land. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I thought that was super interesting. It makes a lot of sense because where are they going to get fresh water if they're living on the sea? Right. But also super interesting. Huh. Huh. Yeah um as far as looks go we've all seen a polar bear (laughs) but they are huge with small ears small tails big stocky legs and giant paws for walking on the ice the pads of their paws are actually covered in little bumps to help grip the ice which I didn't know oh I guess that makes sense but I never really thought about that also yeah yeah I mean bears paws normally smooth I guess I've never touched a bear paw yeah I mean I feel like the the pad of a paw just kind of depends like if you look at a I don't know because some of them grip rock right and those guys grip ice so it's probably just different kinds of bumps just a different adaptation for their area yeah Hmm. I know just little things you don't think about um let's see so their claws are very short and um obviously like I said huge because they need to kind of shovel and scoop into the ice 
right. and help, it helps them grab the prey under the ice. Um, researchers have noticed more right forelimb injuries in polar bears, suggesting that they're all right-handed. Oh, <laughs> I was hoping that was where that was going to go. That's adorable. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't know why I love when we attribute human things like, cause I know they're not writing like a human does in English or anything. <laughs> But in my mind, I can just imagine like a polar bear with some like, you know, cute little bifocals on writing with his right hand. Just writing his little letters. Right. I immediately went to like left-handed scissors. And if there was like a left-handed polar bear, I need a oh, left-handed scissors. Where would we get them? <laughs> I'm left-handed and I had never experienced the joy of left-handed scissors until I had a boss buy me one like three years ago in Vegas and it changed my <laughs> life. Like it sounds like a tiny thing, but I'm not going to lie. Living as a lefty in a right-handed world is pretty, you don't think about the things that, you, you know, you don't know what you don't know. I I want to see your scissors because I just can't wrap my head around how they would be different. So next time we're it's together in the same place. I'll show you. It's like the handhold, you know, like where the soft part for your thumb is, is backwards. So usually the scissors are all completely straight in a line and it's difficult because my, I, I'm so bad. At, like if anybody asks me to cut something, I like try to get out of it because I cannot <laughs> cut a straight line until I got those scissors. And it just, it changed, changed, changed the game. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, what, what was I talking about? <laughs> Um, the polar bears are right-handed. Oh and yeah, we're talking about polar bears. Don't find any polar bear scissors. Yeah, no, no scissors for polar bears. We're gonna need um, you to make a shirt like you did for the manatee one that says "Not easily motivated." I really want a polar, a left-handed polar bear trying to use scissors. I will wear that every day. <laughs> I'm gonna do my best for you. <laughs> <That's> adorable. <laughs> True unicorn. Right. Uh, all right. Oh gosh. Um, okay. So yes, they have four inches of fat to insulate them with, um, dense under fur and uh, outer guard hairs. Um, and this, I think is something that is pretty widely known, but the guard hairs look white. They're actually transparent. <clears throat> the clear guard hair is about two to six inches long and they molt, but they don't shed. Um, so their, their fur doesn't become darker because of the seasons. Cause they don't, they don't have summer up there. So they don't need darker camouflage. Um, they do have black skin, however, and their hair can yellow as they age. And in some captive cases, especially in warmer climates, it'll actually turn green because of algae buildup. Okay. I have heard about the polar bears with green hair before because I thought that was cute too. Yeah. So I don't think I've seen a green polar bear, but I mean, it's probably just like a little tinge. Yeah. I bet it's like you with blonde hair getting into a pool kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure that's exactly what it is. <laughs> um, okay. This is the part I want to talk to you about specifically. So I got its sense of smell can detect a seal a mile away and under three feet of snow. Um, it's hearing is similar to ours and it is, it's vision is good for long distances. Um, so I do have something about hunting where they do this quote skill or still hunting is what it's called, meaning they will use their sense of smell to find a seal's breathing hole and crouch silently waiting for the seal. When the seal comes to exhale, the bear will reach out and drag the seal onto the ice. This is sad, 
crush its skull and then we'll also stock seals like sitting on the ice um there's a legend too about bears covering their black nose with their big paws so that the seals can't see them <gasps> so what i want to talk to you about is you kind of experienced that didn't you where they were smelling you from far away uh well I went on we it was on the beluga tour so we were on a boat that we saw the bear so the bear was on the river looking for snacks as one does I mean on the on the water looking for snacks and he was kind of far away but you could see him sniffing you could see him eyeballing everybody but you got to remember in this area they are seeing humans quite a bit so that's why they have that catch and release program so it's kind of similar to like a grizzly bear problem quote-unquote problem in Colorado where you know, they realize, hey, it's much easier for me to get into this dumpster or to grab this little tiny human than it is for me to put all this effort into getting, you know, a baby beluga whale or a seal. So that's, that's more of the challenge in that area of the world. You all know how much we love sharks. We also love protecting them. And a big way to do that is to make sure we are shopping for shark tooth jewelry responsibly. We've learned a lot about this on our podcast, and Silver Finco is the perfect jewelry maker for all your shark jewelry needs and wants. All teeth at Silver Finco are ethically and responsibly sourced by Val, scuba shark tooth finder extraordinaire. Her pieces are absolutely perfect for everyday wear, and she has many different styles to choose from. She takes the badassness of a shark tooth and creates beautiful feminine necklaces, bracelets, anklets, rings, and earrings to go with everything, and are even fully swimmable so you can add a little extra style to your water woman life. Use code MERMAID10 at silverfinco.squarespace.com and check her out on Instagram at silverfinco to keep in the know about all the newest styles. You can also just follow me because you can be damn sure I'll be wearing her stuff all the time. So to piggyback off of that, I did read that they're not territorial. Um, normally they're pretty cautious and they tend to escape versus fight. Um, the thing is they're very unpredictable because they have such a lack of human interaction that they don't really know what to make of us. So they have been known to kill and eat humans, but um, I don't think that's because we're in their diet. So when you were up there experiencing that, did you hear of anything where those polar bears, since they are more around that area, do they have a tendency to be more aggressive or not? Um, I think it probably, I mean, I'm not an expert, so keep that in mind. I did, uh, when I was at the Eskimo Museum, hear a lot of stories and read a lot of stories about them actively hunting people a long time ago in that area because the the people would move and then the bears would sometimes follow the people as because they're nomadic. Yeah. Um, so that was one thing that, you know, they told local stories of them killing and eating people way back then. Um, the only story that I heard of them attempting to kill a human was on Halloween outside of the local bar. There was a polar bear that actually was like watching people go in and out. And then it, it stalked a lady and it was on the other side of her car when she um, had to walk around it over to the driver's side and it was waiting by the driver's side and it attacked her. Um, almost killed her, but everybody there has, you know, guns or anything because the bears are definitely something that can kill you there. So they have, you know, just like 
if, if you shoot, I don't remember what kind they have. I don't know if it's a shotgun or what, but essentially it wouldn't kill the bear. It just stuns the bear, scares the bear and makes it run away. So it's not like if you shoot at the bear, it's going to come barreling for you. They'd rather run away. So she ended up, I believe that she survived, but she did have quite the scars all over her abdomen because they try to just get you quick. Right. Um, but I would say, I would say that it would make sense in terms of what I saw and heard that they would run rather than just like attack you. But I do think that where they're interacting with humans, there would obviously be more problems, kind of the same idea with sharks, um, you know, in Florida where there's a lot of misidentification of surfers compared to seals, especially as they start to have less and less food. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. I do appreciate that they don't just go killing the bear. Yeah. I do like that. They just, anytime that a polar bear is seen within a certain radius of the town, they just scoop them up and put them somewhere else because they're not territorial. So that's a good thing. It's not like he's lost the area that he's always in. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was really good to see that the people have an active program. And like, you'll see little kids who live in this, in that little tiny town that whenever they're walking down the street, they'll be singing super, super loud or laughing super, super loud. Because just like with other bears, you know, if you're on a hike in Colorado, you want to be loud, making a lot of noise. Uh, Cause that would normally scare the bears away before you even see them. Yeah. 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 Like that, just learning to live with them instead of living against them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And just as far as conservation goes, I feel like it goes right back to everything we always talk about. Um, their biggest threat is, like I said, habitat loss. So trying to keep the ice ice is, uh, our main priority when it, when it comes to making sure these guys don't cross over the status bar into endangered or anything worse than that. Um, I will end it on a cute note. They are solitary, but they have well-developed friendships and they definitely get seen cuddling like a lot. Oh, Klondike and Snow used to cuddle and sleep together all the time. And it was just mm, so cute. cute. Do we know much about like, do they hang out in groups or are they pretty solitary? They're pretty solitary, but they're not against each other. They just don't hang out together. I think even when they do have cubs, there's a certain time where they're like, okay, peace. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And like I said, Klondike and Snow's mom abandoned them. So I don't really know what that age is. Um, it could be pretty young. As long as they know how to hunt, they, they're pretty much on their own. Have you ever seen, I think it's called a Kodiak bear. Oh my God. They're huge. Isn't that the mix? I'm pretty sure it's the one I'm thinking of. Is it a mix of a grizzly bear and a polar bear? Cause I know that polar bears have been known to mate with grizzlies. Kodiak bear is a more of an Alaskan brown bear. I don't know that. I mean, you could be right, but I don't, I know that it's a kind of brown bear, which so is a polar bear. So you could absolutely be right. Those guys are indigenous to the same kind of areas, but they're on land. Okay. So, um, it has a pretty goofy name. It's not the same bear, but it does exist. (laughs) And do you want to know what a grizzly polar bear hybrid is called? Is it like a? It's a pizzly. Oh my god, I was going to say pizzly. <laughs> okay, so I was thinking of two different animals. Um, but yeah, a grizzly <laughs> polar bear hybrid um, has been see- has occurred both in captivity and in the wild. Um, but yeah, they've literally done DNA testing uh, and found out that that exists, and it's called. <laughs> 
doesn't sound as cool as Kodiak there. It's a Pizzly. A Pizzly. Who names these things? I don't know, but that's a good one. <laughs> it could eat you easily, but let's call it a Pizzly. Right. Let's make it sound like you want to hug it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for diving in with us today. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Save the Mermaids Podcast. Visit our website at www.mermaidconservation.com for all the podcast merch and our eco-friendly favorites. And don't forget to join our Facebook community, Save the Mermaids Podcast Community. This is where we will post our monthly meetups, share our favorite underwater adventures, and connect with like-minded ocean lovers all over the world. Until next time, mermaids! Thank you.